Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Boating Industry Insider. I'm David G., Content Director and Editor-in-Chief, and we are happy to have joining us a special guest, Dan Pontifact, leadership strategist, thinker, keynote speaker, and best-selling author. His latest book is Lead, Care, Win, How to Become a Leader Who Matters. Welcome to the show. David, what an honor. Thank you so much. Uh, you say that the leaders who want to stay relevant, and I love that thinking, are transforming the way that they manage and interact with their teams. What's the, what's the principal way they're doing that? What's the secret sauce there? Well, indeed, the uh, pandemic has ultimately and obviously been uh, tragic, horrific. But I also actually, from a contrarian point of view, look at it uh, as one of the single largest opportunities of our generation. And for that, I'm really tipping my hat to those uh, individuals, leaders, even organizations whom have taken this opportunity to say, well, how, how do I want to be known when I leave a room, David? And, and I think that's the ultimate question. You know, for those that think we're in the people business, I, I say balderdash, we're not. We're in the relationship business. And the pandemic, if anything, has taught us because we're sitting at home alone, many of us, aside from the obvious of healthcare workers, et cetera, that we need relationships in order to prosper. Whether that's securing a client, a customer, a new idea, just general engagement on a team. If you as an individual, whether you're just leading self or leading others, are not invested in the nurturing and development of relationships with people, then shame on you, David. Uh, I hope you're talking about the collective we. I'd like to think that, you know, uh, I fit into that category. You talk about humility in your book uh, as uh, an essential leadership trend of, of 2021. Why is that so essential? I think we all need a big dose of humble pie, like the biggest slice you can get. And And when you're humble, when you demonstrate humility, you've made it more about the other person than you have yourself. It's sort of like the shift from being uh, ego and me-go to you-go and our-go, right? Um, so why is it important? Well, it demonstrates a whole higher level of empathy, of civility, of camaraderie, of genuinely thinking about the other person and saying, you know what, I'm, I'm here for you. And it's just, it's, it's the right thing to do in this day and age of both distractedness and self-centeredness. Whenever I have a conversation with someone that is in your business, you know, any kind of, of leadership, coaching, uh, HR, culture, all of those, that, that whole space, we always get around to talking about employee engagement. It's something we've been hearing about for some time. It's kind of the holy grail of a good, a good organization. It's every employer, every leader's goal to have engaged employees. How has that changed in the, the coronavirus era, an era of remote work? Has it changed? What does that look like today? Is it different? Is it the same? Well, not to fence it, but it's, it's a little bit of both. You've got mm -hmm. the egomaniacs and organizations who are still fastidiously caring solely about the bottom line and revenue who have, ergo, continue to forget that in order to attain a revenue target or uh, a project target, et cetera, you actually need people to do it. 
they're not numbers in an Excel spreadsheet or a Google sheet, right? They are actually human beings with emotions, with baggage, uh, with pluses and minuses. And, and that's, that's a travesty that's continued and indeed has been exacerbated by the pandemic, where now with this isolationism that has encountered uh, and enveloped us, it just has been blown up way out of proportion. And it's, it's sickening for guys like me to see, to witness. The flip side, of course, uh, is twofold. One is those that have already, you know, put me in coach, you had me at hello attitude of that more empathic and endearing and caring type of leadership. They have fully prospered uh, in this pandemic because mm-hmm. they were acting that way and behaving and leading that way before. And all of a sudden the crisis of the pandemic has, has put them into their element. They've now really come to shine. I mean, they were pretty good face to face, but now they've taken it to whole other levels, you know, and it's not just Zoom meetings, playing Jeopardy and doing scavenger hunts. It's actually caring. It's actually phoning people up out of the random blue and saying, hey, are you okay? It's sending the flowers. It's sending groceries. It's checking in more frequently. It's actually saying, you know what? We're going to take care of your career and we're going to do something for you. Those people are excelling. And then the second of the twofold point are are those leaders who have used the, quote, opportunity, end quote, of the pandemic to look in the mirror. And David, they're they're basically asking themselves, geez, what, what, what in God's name was I doing prior to this pandemic? Why was I acting, quote, that way? You know, that way being the 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 leader who's crafted this disengagement on the team by virtue of not caring. And to them, I also tip my hat because they've actually used, again, the tragic opportunity, best perhaps oxymoron ever, uh, of, of the pandemic to reset and to invest in themselves as leaders of people and saying, I'm in the relationship business. I'm going to do something I've never done before, even though it's remotely. So, Again, to, to fence it, you've got the you've got the jerks and the bullies who have doubled down on their jerk and bulliness, if you will, and then you've got those twofold folks that have always been doing it really well. They've they've shone a light on themselves and done it better during the pandemic, and those that have looked in the mirror and said, "I need to do better." Yeah, and you mentioned Excel spreadsheet for. Those of our listeners or audience members who uh, who are sometimes guilty of, of managing by a spreadsheet, which probably includes uh, everybody at, at some point or another, I assume that there are some really solid uh, cases for ROI in this, that it's not just a soft thing and a touchy feeling and we should treat people because it's the you know right because it's the right thing to do, but no, because it's good for the organization. Yeah, I mean, again, I have one of those uh, two-fold or two-part heads, right? Mm-hmm. I'm, a, I'm a cerebral kind of academic. Mm-hmm. Go read any academic study I can get my hands on and the data to support what that uh, de- uh, that report suggests. And then I'm the kind of the touchy-feely, let's hug it out. Uh, I think there's a better people kind of relationship way in which we can we can lead. When you when you mesh the two together. David, it is irrefutable. So what what I'm basically getting at is whether that's the purpose-driven organization that says, you know, we're we're in it for more than just money and revenue. We're here for a higher purpose, a calling, a meaning. Whether it's the organization that then doubles down, not just on purpose, 
but on that sense of culture and openness and transparency and trust and engagement and thus caring. When when you have that kind of one-two punch, every single piece of business data that I've come across over the last 30-odd years suggests anywhere uh, from plus 5% to plus 15% on things like profitability, EBITDA, share price, revenue, customer satisfaction, productivity gains. Like it's just, it's all there. And what I don't understand is that when the the leader or uh, the organization isn't looking at that irrefutable data and suggesting to themselves, oh, no, 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 we need to draw blood from a stone more. No, 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 no. We need to be much more hierarchical and command and control our leadership because we own those employees and they don't do what we say. We can fire those employees and get new ones. It's just so anachronistic in the thinking that I, I tend to kind of pop my lid and go a little bit bombastically crazy. <laughs> I, I can hear the passion in your voice. Let's, uh, let's, let's put it that way. Well, if we put humility at the top of the list, you certainly, you consult with, with leaders, you study effective leadership, you are immersed in the qualities of, of good leaders. What are some of the other uh, qualities that, that should rank at the top of, of an effective leader's list? Oh, I hope we have another half an hour. But, uh, I mean, one of the one of the easy ones clearly is is to say uh, I don't know. Okay, like not 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 knowing is actually a sign of humility. Mm-hmm. Uh, recommending or or outlining to the team that you don't know and that you'd like their help is just mm-hmm. a second form of humility. It's like humility two point so when we say I don't know is one thing, when we then ask for assistance, help, et cetera, you are then saying, you know what, just because I have the quote, the term, you know, director, manager, leader, vice president, president, CEO to my business card does not mean that I know everything. Mm-hmm. And, and that really goes a long way to the points of purpose and engagement and, and you know, trust and so forth that we've talked about. That, that's a huge one. Another one ultimately is sort of coming to work as a human being. Mm-hmm. And, and what I mean by that is coming to work virtually face to face. It doesn't matter to me. Bring your true self, not that Teflon, you know, ridiculous steel, ironclad fist uh, genre of a leader that we think is the definition of leadership. When, when when we're at home or on the weekends with friends, family, whatever, I would hope that we're genuinely good people. You know, like, you know, whether that's with the kids, with the soccer team, the baseball team, the ballet, you know, out in the community, out at a picnic, a barbecue, like you're just, you're a compassionate, open, I hope, you know, human being. So for me, when you bring that self, that one that has pluses and minuses, strengths and weaknesses, you know, you're just bringing your full self to work and saying, look, this is actually who I am. Uh, I'm not, you know, the ironclad fisted jerk. Uh, again, from a humility perspective, being humble, you're, you're basically saying, yeah, I'm, I'm just like you. I'm a, I'm a human being. And that's, that's going to um, go a long way. And now another one I would suggest, David, just if we're going to sort of top it at three here, yeah. again, we could go for hours. Is, is to also invest in yourself with uh, genres or people that are not of your kind. So that may mean, let's say, in my case, I'm a Gen Xer, that I have reverse mentors 
like a Gen Z or a millennial. Uh, I'm a middle-aged white guy. So maybe I want to make sure that I'm tapping into someone that can help me understand uh, Black Lives Matter movement or First Nations uh, or, you know, in, uh, an Indo-Canadian or Indo-American background and ethnic culture. Someone who's LGBTQ, given I'm a straight white male married to mm-hmm. a French girl. Mm-hmm. Like that, mm-hmm. those types of reverse kind of mentoring, putting yourself humbly into uh, other people's shoes to understand where they come from, how they got there, what problems may actually be in their orbit, and and to understand and appreciate that better, I think goes a long way to saying, again, I don't know, uh, can you help? But also humbly saying, I want to invest the time to understand. Yeah, I, I you call that a reverse mentoring, finding someone younger than you, different than you to provide advice, help you to see blind spots that come with our age or our bias or where we live or what we do for a living. I, I love all that. And I encourage everyone, uh, if you want to go uh, hear a deeper dive or get a deeper dive on that to uh, to pick up the book that uh, came out last fall. I love that. Uh and and I love that notion of of humanness uh, and of admitting that we don't have all the answers. That the smartest CEO I ever worked for had his dad was the head of the physics department at a at a major university. He owned this engineering company and and you know uh, could you know engineer these giant huge structures that would move and and along this laser guided track i mean so much brain power and he was always willing to say you know what i don't know anything about that so uh you know take me to school and let me decide so he was always willing to let every you know the people who work for him know you know where his knowledge end, you know ended and uh and I just I love that that humanness, uh, and I think leaders are 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 well served by that. And I want to kind of segue to my last question to hear more specifically uh, about leaders who are willing to you mentioned to be human. How about to share weaknesses to their team that uh, really again can impre- increase employee engagement sounds a bit counterintuitive we you know we think of the army or something you know never let them see your cry or don't show that you're scared or weak or whatever and and uh and, and so maybe the the idea of showing weakness sounds a bit counterintuitive why don't explain a little bit of that if you could as we, as we wrap up here yeah i mean at the at the end of the day david i really suck at uh fixing cars and mm-hmm. home improvements i'm just not good i mean when my beloved Denise, many moons ago, one birthday, came home with this uh, this box. It was wrapped up. I open it, and and I said, "Oh, Denise, thank you so much. Um, I, uh, I I've always wanted a fishing tackle box." And she looks at me. She's like, "Look, you moron! It's a you put tools in it. It's a toolbox. I'm trying <laughs> to encourage you." <laughs> and the point being is that I'm I'm pretty comfortable in my skin uh, to say to anyone that I am horrible at home improvements. Like I, uh, Denise is our home improvement person in our home. And so, again, as an example, not that I am the exemplary, I'm just saying to leaders to contemplate, imagine if you soften, you know, your tone a bit by you know, you don't have to like start a meeting off and say, all right, team, these are the three things that I'm horrible at. 
I'm just suggesting that when we do open up in the kind of informality of conversation and hallway chats and Zoom and team chats, what have you, that once in a while you may uh, divulge something that you're you, that you suck at or that there's maybe something that you're working on, right? A, a, a constructive criticism came through and, and in my case, uh, I got the feedback from a team that I was running, about 150 global uh, members on a team. They said, Dan, you know, you're, you're writing really long emails. Could you shorten those down a bit? It's taking us some time to read them. And I hadn't thought of it. I got the feedback. And again, then I sort of opened up and said, hey, folks, I want you to call me out when I'm writing long emails. Just tell me because I want to be more succinct and, and in, include brevity. So long, long story short here is, again, here I am uh, basically... <laughs> Yelling out a, a long email to you, David. Is that again when you're when you're humble, you can divulge um, certainly what you're not good at, but in a more casual, you know, it's not a formal thing. It's just a I'm a human being. I make mistakes. These are some of my weaknesses. I'd love you to help me out on these team because I'm like you, a human being. You know, whether it's a, a brand or an organization or a leader. Uh, being authentic is probably something that uh, you're not going to go too far wrong on, right? Not at all. I mean, that's the thing, right? What I don't, what I don't understand is when leaders seem to think that the word human isn't in humanity, and yeah. humanity is indeed that 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 space that engulfs both work and life. So to 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 be that different person and to to kind of go to work and then not practice humaneness humanity, being a human being. I, I just, I don't get it. And I don't think you can go wrong by being a, a, a sort of a, a humble, caring type of individual, whether you're leading a team or otherwise. Humble and caring. That, that's a good note to end on. I think we'll leave it right there. I, I absolutely you know, think that's uh, an excellent takeaway. Dan Pontrefact, leadership strategist, thinker, keynote speaker, and best-selling author. His latest book that we discussed today, Lead, Care, Win, How to Become a Leader Who Matters. Dan, thanks so much for being our guest. I really, I truly enjoyed the conversation. David, the pleasure is all mine. What a great conversationalist you are. Yeah, well, thank you. And uh, I'd love to have you back. That, that wasn't enough time. So we'll, we'll do a part two. And thank you, everyone, for listening to this edition of Boating Industry Insider. I'm David G., Content Director and Editor-in-Chief. Until next time, stay happy, stay healthy, and we'll see you on the water. <laughs>